Hey, it's Naughty. And I'm the Teach. And welcome to Naughty and the Teach. This week, we are your favorite fresh black hotties. Yes. Well, rested a bit, fresh, and ready to deliver some content to you. Yes. So this week's episode is a little bit different. Our popping off isn't going to be one particular event. It, you know, we just wanted to talk about the mass shootings in general um, since the Uvalde. Uvalde, because I want to say Uvalde. Since the Uvalde um, mass shooting, just under 3,000 people have died in the U.S. alone from mass shootings. Um, if you go to the Gun Violence Archive, if you go to gunviolencearchive.org, it's on the third page. There have been so many mass shootings um, since then. Even when we were trying to figure out what the latest one was, it was like, is it Tennessee? Is it Indiana? So we just wanted to talk about that a little bit in general, you know, and how violence has been woven into the fabric of our society, of our society, you know, not just now with, um, I guess, video games and different movies, I guess, glamorizing, you know, these kind of assault rifles and also there's like the access to them. But, you know, it's something that is has been woven to the traditions of uh America, that's where we're from, you know, every generation has its like traumatic events. For me, I spoke about 9-11, you know, the teach was alive when Reagan was, had an assassination attempt, you know, just boomers with civil rights leaders and presidents. The first World Trade Center bombing. For you too? Oh, for yeah. you? And no, but like baby boomers, they had assassinations of presidents, of civil rights leaders. So it's like just been so a part of our country, even from, you know, its inception, yeah, and to, to add on to what Naughty is saying, I wanted to also say that we have just become desensitized to gun violence. And I know we're starting the episode off hard and fast about gun violence, but it's been happening so often that hearing about it now, some of us are just like, oh, okay, it's just another day. It's just another event that's happening. And that is the trend that needs to stop. And we are going to have a conversation today with our Digging Deep about the media and how they, they help or hinder um, how we see ourselves, our identity, and things that we are willing to accept, believe, and react to. So, you know, we get all of our information from the media as far as, especially with mass shootings, and they we're definitely going to delve into that a bit. Uh, yeah, I do think it's like with the popping off, like all the conversations that people are having about gun laws and just gun violence in general and the impact that it has um, out, out, outside of, you know, people dying. It shows an important step towards like the decolonization of the way that this country was framed from, you know, um, older Western European ideals. Yeah. And it's. You know, it's it, since since Uvalde, since we know that, you know, children were murdered, teachers were murdered as they sat in school, it doesn't seem like much has changed. It doesn't seem like there has been a way to try to curb guns. There's been some bills that they always pass in the House, you know, the bills of trying to curb uh, guns or gun violence or access to easy access to guns. They always pass in the House. But they always die in the Senate. They always die in the Senate. And that's, you know, that's that's the way our system is with especially now with this big division between this side and that side. So and people wanting to like hold on and maintain their power. Yes. Hold on to their power is what's very important. 
Um, you know, we have the midterm elections coming up for some, you know, Senate seats, some House seats. And, you know, that's where their focus is on now. It's not really on trying to help make lives safer or improve them at all. And that's that's just the sad part about American politics. And I know a lot of countries can say that, but I can only speak from this particular sense in this particular country. Yes. So you want to do your popping off? Uh, yeah. So my popping off is really just about the teach. Um, I've been having a really rough stretch these past couple of weeks. Um, you know, I, I spoke about a student that, um, you know, passed away. Uh, my fridge failed. <laughs> that that was just one. I had a lot of these, you know, thoughts and feelings, and I'm carrying them around, having some issues with, you know, some friends of mine that have been friends. Well. He has to really think about this. I had issues with some friends of mine that were my friends, friend uh, in particular. Um, you, you know, and, and taking all of that, it's just things were just compiling one after the other after the other. And then the fridge breaking was just like, it was like a breaking point. It was like, damn, I can't even yeah. get. Really, it was like, you know, he spoke about a student dying. Then, you know, he had a breakup with his friend. And it was, it really was like, cascading event and then he he texted me came home like everything in my fridge is spoiled yeah (laughs) it's like and it was a hot day you know it was just like one of those it was one of those days yeah it was just and and you know for a while i've kind of been off uh last week we were going to record but i just did not have it in me and you know so since then i have done what i needed to to seek help um reconnected with an old therapist I don't know if that's the best idea, but I reconnected with my old therapist. Um, I'm working and I've been doing things little by little to try to get and feel me back like I'm putting myself back together. So working on my shit, um, it's going pretty good. But, you know, it's I'm still have to compile. I have to still deal with the compiling of all of the different things that have been happening so far. I'm managing it and I'm okay. Um, Cause you know I was struggling, and then I was not okay, week. and I'm okay now. So you know we're gonna continue to try to build off of this, and you know we're gonna give you a great episode today, something to think about, and a little n- nuggets. And you can always reach us at. I thought this was for the end. But... Oh, we can say that for the end. Then I was just yeah. trying to get a little at in there. In the middle. Oh I my mean, goodness! Listen. What a shameless plug at Naughty and the Teach on Instagram. Yes, um, definitely check us out. So um, anything off the cuff? I know there's the Kim Kardashian dress drama. Oh, yes. Yeah, so we did talk. See, see. And I told you when we had that episode about New York and the Met Gala that uh, the dress was going to be messed up in different ways. But as I said in that episode, it is not Kim Kardashian's fault. I know people love to blame her because they want to hate on her. But the real issue is that anybody was able to ask to get that to wear that dress and to be able to wear that dress like no like even though the other people the other celebrities that were there were wearing um things from like the gilded from a gilded era everything they were wearing was very common and you can still remake it what kim kardashian was wearing was a historic artifact and as one of one you know, a one of one, as I said, there's just so much. Look up JFK and Marilyn Monroe, and then you will see it wasn't just that one moment. It was the, you know, just that time period that what's supposed to be like the height of America. 
you know, whatever. So that, you know, and, and all like the, it Ripley should be, Ripley shouldn't have been able to buy the dress. You know, the fashion sections, the costume sections of museums, museums should, um, get the funding that they need. They shouldn't have to have these events. The Met should have said, you cannot wear the actual dress. You can wear the remake the whole time, you know? So I, there were so many things that could have, that should have been done outside of Kim Kardashian. Yeah. I, I can't really fault her because I think if anybody was given that opportunity to wear that piece of history, that there, they will take it. And I think that she was offered. I don't, I don't, oh, she asked, oh, she, she asked. asked. But, I mean, look, you ask for what you asked. want. And if people give you permission to do it, they give you permission to do it. They're obviously they hopefully they weighed the risk down well, when they gave her when you know when they said it was okay. But Ripley's wouldn't have known because they're not a real museum. They're not an accredited. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, they're not an accredited museum. Got it. So they don't have that kind of, or they might not have that kind of staff to know, and they don't have a costume department. They have their museum is completely different from that. Yeah. Well, I mean, they. I I can't really falter. Yeah, she asked to do it, but. But no, but the fact that she got a yes, that's the problem. Not that she asked, is that anybody told her yes. I mean, people are going to ask to do stuff. You have to then say, okay, is this the best thing? It's unfortunate that this situation, but even me as a professional is like, mm, I don't know if that's the best idea. Because Kim Kardashian is, I don't remember how um, Marilyn Monroe's shape was. I'm sure it wasn't Kim Kardashian's shape. No, I'm, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. And I think... You know, what might be considered curvy or thick with three C's would be different today than it was for Marilyn Monroe in the 60s. It was completely different. Marilyn Monroe Monroe had a much smaller frame. You would assume so. But, No, I mean... If I know. I believe. I mean, it. I've seen pictures. They That's what I'm saying. So that you have this knowledge and you're saying, okay, you're going to fit this human... In that dress made for that person. And it's like, yeah, it's it, there not was not a lot of thought put into it. So, I mean, you know, let's if they salvage the dress, great. If they don't, they don't. It's a learning experience, I guess. I don't know. Uh, anything else off the cuff? I think that's it. Unless you want to talk about. No, that, that's it. That's it. All it's right. The Mets game, but. Or the Mets, you know. I mean, the Mets are doing all right. Let's go Mets. I'm a Mets fan, if you haven't known. Because they've been on like a winning streak, or they lose. Yeah, no, no, they they're they're doing okay. They're it's, it's um, big for New York. It's big for the. Well, Mets. the Yankees are really, really doing well. Um, so you know, that's fun. <laughs> it's fun as a Mets fan because then you always hear Yankee fans always talk about how great their team is and how they do great. And you know, when they win, it's it's just something else we have to hear about. So we're 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 doing what we can. All right, so let's transition to our digging deep. So, oh, we don't. I was ready to press a button. Me too. I, I, was, I, I was expecting I was like, a sound. Yeah, but there is no sound. We don't have a digging deep sound. <laughs> we didn't do the popping off sound. Oh, that's fucked up. I mean, we could do it now. Do you really miss it? That's true. Yeah, I don't think Naughty's a fan of the popping off sound. I'm be honest. I think we could do better, and we're gonna work on that. But. It's something, look, we're a work in progress. It's a two-person operation at this point. We have had support and help from others, so shout-outs to y'all for helping out. But, you know, we are going to, you know, work on really, you know, we're only what? This is our 21st episode. We've done 20 episodes. Mm -hmm. Plus a story time. uh, Yeah, that's pretty good. So we definitely are, you know, working our way to getting to where we want to be. 
So our digging deep today is about the media and its influences on us. There's a couple of things that we have to understand. The media has influence on us on not only who we are, but how we think, what we believe, and how we feel. The influence of mass media has an effect on many, including voting a certain way, individual views and beliefs, or skewing a person's knowledge of a specific topic due to being provided information or even false information. The media in all of its ways has a huge impact on our everyday lives, whether we fully understand it or not. Are you going to say your next part? Oh, yeah. So there are six categories of how we receive information from the media. There's cognition, belief, attitude, affect, physiology, and behavior. So let's break that down and give a quick, quick uh, working understanding of each of them. So cognition. Cognition's inferring into, uh, it's the inferring, inferring info to real life. So media allows us to, it, it gives us a, a, a flash of news that we may not understand, that we may not see. This makes us infer how it would relate to real life. The belief creates or it, it, it shapes our beliefs by showing us more than we're able ever to able see. So we, wherever we travel, whatever we do, we can see as far as our local, but it gives us a worldwide view. It, it gives us news from California. It gives us news from Mexico. It gives us news from across the world. So this is, it helps to shape our beliefs about things because that's our only knowledge of some of these places. Attitude. Attitude is the judgments about something. So when we're watching something on the news and they're skewing it or they're presenting it in one way or the other, it starts to shift our attitudes and we start to make judgments on that. And we're definitely going to talk about that mm-hmm. uh, a, a bit in this episode. The affect, uh, the feelings that people experience. So normally with that attitude, that affect comes together to where we start to have this attitude and then our feelings start to follow it. So if I feel and believe that this is certain or this is a way or these people are dangerous or these people are unfriendly, my feelings towards that and them start to change. And that's where my affect comes in. The physiology, which is the automatic body response. Now, I have seen people react to stories, especially about certain types of people, where they get a physical reaction, whether it's a body jerk, heart palpitations, your heart starts to beat faster, you start to to sweat. That is a reaction to something that the media is helping to create or further to create within you. A nicer a, ni- a nicer example is when we watched In the Heights and they had the scene about the grandmother's jewelry box with the seashells and immediately it made me cry because I could connect to that moment so, so yeah, closely. Yeah. And the behavior, which is ultimately the actions of individuals. So cognition, belief, attitude, affect, physiology, and behavior. So I know, yeah, we're getting, sorry, we're getting deep once again with our examples, and we wanted to use the over-representation and under-representation of black men in the media. So, you know, there's a 
there's a fear of, especially I've heard stories from people who have immigrated to America that they thought they shouldn't be friends with black people. People gave them that advice um, and like just to generally be afraid of black people because of how we are portrayed in media. Even I had a professor go to Africa and when they found out he was from New York, instead of greeting him um, like with the cultural greetings, like how, like, you know, how they have, you know, generally different African cultures have longer greetings as a sign of respect. Um, they would start saying, yo, motherfucker, what's up? And he was like, whoa, like, why would you ever talk to me like Pump that? the brakes. Damn, yeah, so no, aggressive. Because, no, but that's how people put yeah. New York, think what New York is like. Everybody think, people think that if you come from Harlem, you know Nino Brown. Um, yes. <laughs> so, but like, so the, so the over-representation would be of black men being, um, being criminals or, or being suspects. But the underrepresentation is the fact that you don't see a lot of black male individuals throughout. So then when you do see them and they're only portrayed as suspects or as criminals, it really starts to shape your uh, belief or understanding about this particular group of people. And why I say it's an overrepresentation is because the the black men are not the people who are getting arrested the most. So when you when that's all that you see on t- on, on like on the news and then it's also replicated in scripted TV shows, then, you know, it just reifies that belief that you should be afraid of black men or that they are scary and violent in general. And then also with underrepresentation, be, there's an underrepresentation of black men holding, um, ho- holding like higher titles or higher jobs, of, like even if it's a, like as teachers or other, you know, like in what we would think important service jobs or even in white collar positions, the underrepresentation of that also makes you believe that, you know, black men cannot hold these positions, that they are also reifying the idea that they are insuperior, especially to white men who you have an overrepresentation of in these roles. Yeah. So when you do see them, and we could even go back to the 80s, the 90s, when roles were given to black men, they were pimps. They were these types of roles. And people from other countries, from other places, who don't may not have a large portion of black people, this is their image. Um, when we they see them on the news and somebody may have committed a crime and they find one of the worst photos of said individual and they're portraying it, it starts to shape this narrative about who these people are. Or even when, you know, black men or black boys have been murdered in cold blood for no reason, they show a picture of them in a hoodie and call them a thug. Yeah, the thug word. Oh, that was a way. And, you know, we're still talking about police brutality, police, um, you know, killing of unarmed black people is the fact that it really hasn't stopped. Um, There was a case that's going where the officer is getting manslaughter charges because he shot a person who was lying down on his stomach in the back of the head. How do you do that? I don't know. But then, you know, with when the media gets involved, they shape it and they skew it in a way to make it seem like this person kind of deserved this. Because when you see him, you, you get this physical... Wow, look at that big scary person. Mm-hmm. And then the, and they the, call the, him a thug and they, they you know. Yes. Yes. And then everybody has commentary on this person, their life. 
But the fact that we're not looking at the fact that this is a human being who lost their life unnecessarily. They'll focus on the one time they smoked weed or did, was late to work. Or the the claim that they were resisting arrest and they kind of deserved to die, which is something that we hear a lot. If they would have cooperated, if they would have followed the officer's orders. Now, these are the same people who then will turn around and then be extremely disrespectful to officers when they know that the officers are doing something unreasonable or unfit, period. But they will then give the advice to others whose lives could be in danger. Now, the fact that people's lives are in danger by paid public servants is a problem, period. And the fact that you know, nobody is trained to handle that kind of incident, that kind of trauma of just being stopped by the police because they are such a high figure of authority, you know, uh, it's scary. And I, I don't think cops are ever alone. So at least be two cops and that in itself would be scary. Yeah. You know, even if even if they were coming up to you for for nothing. So then we have this portrayal of how the cops are working hard doing our their jobs we have the movies we have the tv shows we have the testimonials of oh my god i've had a great experience with the cops when they find like four or five people and they interview them 16 of them could say something negative about you know particular they'll find that one and that's the one that they'll show when they're doing those little news segments or it's either that they're portrayed so great or that they're dirty cops but then like the shield they, that, that was a show about dirty cops but you empathize with them and you like you kind of like felt for their goal and it's like but you then they're you know then it's like, oh, it's okay if there's bad cops because they're doing it for the right reason. Or then you have that um, Denzel movie. Training where, Day. Training Day, yeah. It's like, you know, they're either super bad, but it's like they're they're getting shot at with AK, so they should be able to take the money. They should be able to take the coke. The FBI takes a portion of the money, so it's okay. And it's like, so you're always empathizing with either side of the police. Or part. justifying their shitty behavior. But it's not okay that they're doing that. Yeah, that's the point. They're not a jury. Yeah. So we're talking about people being executed, but then it goes back to what happens after they get executed. How are they portrayed? And we see time in and time out, they're called thugs. They're, we find the worst, sorry, the media finds the worst picture in order to portray this individual. And we've seen it with Michael Brown. We've seen it with Trayvon Martin. We've seen it with Eric Gardner. We've seen it with Sandra Bland. We've seen it happen time and time again. But this isn't the only thing that we I can say, especially when we talk about foreigners, because foreigners before if they're not watching black people in these roles or on the news and how they're these criminals, they're watching rap videos and then they have this assumption that black women are a specific type of way and they think they're very similar to what they see in the rap videos. So when they come, their approach is the same way you said in Africa. They were like, motherfucking, what's up? And all of that. You have the, the same aggression. way they come to when they interact with black women, they have that same approach. Oh, I'm going to come to her aggressively. She obviously is this highly sexual person. Yeah. With big, big, big physical features that I'm really into. And that's the approach that they take. Yeah, the misogyny in rap, you know. Unfortunate. The massage noir in rap is unfortunate because then that's, you know, where you have that approach to black women happening, and even the misunderstanding of the hypersexualization or the sexualization in hip hop. 
you know, if, uh, if you don't understand the nuance, then that is what you think is the reality. Yeah. So, and you also don't have any any other entry to the culture. Yeah. There's no other ways. Nothing I remember popular. when BET was not helpful to the culture at all. Their movie, it's like if you're going to show rap videos and like Diver Mad Black Woman, just... Or in Baby Boy. They play and Baby it's Boy like, all right, so just fuck times. us and Hustle and Flow. Yeah. Just because you change bitch to trick doesn't mean the message is not getting across. And, you know, anybody who's having an entry and you're not black and you don't interact with black people and you're in a whole nother country where black people may not be populous and you're looking at these and you go, oh, I know black people. This is how they are. This is what they do. And you got the rap videos. You got the news segments. You got the movies. The And you also have to understand most of these, most of these uh, uh, forms of media mm-hmm. are not really written or have a lot of say with black people in it. Mm-hmm. It's somebody else's portrayal and understanding of what black people are and how they sh- would act in these particular situations. And that is, I mean, is it changing? I don't know. I mean, we literally talked about the Emmett Till play earlier. Oh, yeah, the Emmett Till play. <laughs> earlier this month. So uh... that was written by a white woman and the play is from a white lens. Like, bitch, come on now. So, you know, the, this is what the media, um, you know, how it portrays that. It also, it, it also you, you also have to understand, though, that we are, in, we live in a consumer, uh, very much a consumer society. And I know I'm speaking as somebody who's American, who lives in America from New York City. In America and all the media I see, very consumer. We have very limited producers, but many, many, many consumers. And that plays out in everything. Everything we do, everything we watch, everything we interact with is really trying to get us to spend money. So we can turn on a YouTube video, there's commercials. Those commercials are targeted and you know, they're targeted and they're targeted for us particularly. You watch this video, you might like this. You might buy this product. Our phones. <laughs> YouTube feed, like the, your whole YouTube feed, even Instagram, how now if when you like double tap to like a picture, if there's items that you could buy in the picture, the little bags will come up and you can go right to the shopping center. So they're... Just like that. And even our movies and TV shows, I'm telling you, Pay attention to this if you never notice. The product placements and how they are put in there is they litter it. Literally, you'll be like watching a movie and then all of a sudden they jump in a Mercedes Benz and they're driving really fast and they look like... They're drinking Coke with the Coke facing the camera. Yes. So everything... we And then we're like, man, that's a likable man. That's a likable character. Let me be similar to them. Fun fact. And sorry, spoiler for every movie you'll ever watch ever again in your life. Um, Apple has signed a deal, but like just all the all the movie contracts they do, only the heroes can use Apple products. So if there's a character who's not using an Apple product, they are a villain in some way. Ooh, I didn't even know that. So yeah, no, I I um I what you call it? I saw that or I read that right before I saw the last episode 
of the last season of The Boys. And the first thing, when you walked into the girl's office, I was like, fuck, she's bad. Uh, you mean the... Yeah, you know, the the Senate lady who had the powers, Loki. Uh, I'm going to leave that. Uh, we're going to not touch that because we don't want to definitely spoil. I haven't the seen the boys. new one, but yeah. Um, that's going to definitely be on our recommends. But now you. Time, so it is, it is, it is. Recommends is being made as we speak. Not as we speak, but it is being made. But yeah, no. Um, I, just thought, I just thought that was interesting because now when I watch things, I'm like looking for the product. Oh. When, and when it was, I was always observing it, even if I didn't know it. So when we do see that, we're like, wow, look at the good guy rocking that Mac. Oh, <laughs> yeah. that bad guy has a Windows computer? Oh, hell no. I will never. A and Google then, phone? Yes. No. And now we're, we're like, okay, we, we then go and spend our money on it. We are a consumer society, and they have influenced us in so many different ways. One of the major things also is our cell phones are like our main our and I can say this and if I'm if I misspeak let me know this is the main way we consume media now before you know it was limited to when you can get home and watch tv whatever you might read in a newspaper for those who read or those who actually used um, read a newspaper magazines were the same things those were how mass media got to us it was it influenced our how we saw ourselves how we saw our body, how with the types of clothes we would buy, the trends we would use or participate in. Now, we literally have that 24-7, and we can access all of that at the drop of a hat on our cell phones. And sometimes like it finds you, like you know, like your news app will alert you. If it's a hot post on Instagram, it'll alert you. If you have Citizen App, it alerts you. So you're like always consuming something and then you can consume different versions of it all at the same time or what seems like different versions of it all at the same time. Yeah. So and it's just, hot, it's just like really hot take. So it, it allows us to just consume media all the time. But that consumption of media kind of changes how we identify with ourselves. Yes. I think, you know, especially with... You know, I, even like you see, like with Russia, like they, they, we've seen on the news that um, Russian newscasters are saying like there's a war happening, like you know, on all these different things. You know, first of all, the fact that we can see that is like a privilege for us, and also yeah. shapes how we see Russians because there, I'm sure there's a whole, there's a not, not I'm sure there are a lot of different viewpoints on this war, and probably all justifiable, or if not most, all justifiable, justifiable. You know, and then, it, but because of you know, because of the media, we are able to hear what's or see what's happening on the ground. Like when they had the uh, releases of the Africans not being able to leave Ukraine. Yep. We wouldn't, nobody, like if nobody in like, even like 15 years ago, if that was not what's, pe so if there, there wouldn't have been Instagram, so nobody would have known, you know, I, I was going to say something, sorry. Yeah, no, no. And, but that's the thing though, is also, what media chooses to focus on, what it chooses to play, what it chooses to have for our consumption. And that frames your thoughts, yeah. We talked about something that the media hawked on for the past couple of weeks was the uh, Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial. Mm -hmm. And that was there for our consumption, for us to just take and just... And yeah, now with media, now like in TikTok, you can make a joke out of it just like that. Yes, like meme it. 
instantly. And you can meme it in like the most creative ways. So then that starts to ch then changes the way that you see these things. We didn't look at it as a trial. We looked at it as a source of entertainment, which then people chose sides. And then it's like also we spoke about what the how the, the case was actually about defamation and not abuse. Yes. And the fact that it most of most of the media has not caught on to that nuance. Not at all. Like it's and it's like they don't me. care either. Because I think that what they're looking at is they think there's a trend out there for people to just be like, ooh, this person won. People are happy that this person won. But we're not talking about the fact that there's both both of them are victims. But that's not the focus. The focus is what do I give them to either keep them satisfied, keep them watching or paying attention to what we're doing, keep the channel on, keep their clicks coming in, keep their likes happening. And that all of that then translates into the ultimate goal for the mass media. Yeah, and I think I was watching a Dar Man video on this and it's like, you know, people are replicating Dar Man. Yeah, no, they're like I know incredibly I, inaccurate and unrealistic. Oh my god, but they're when, so but when you get caught in that Facebook deep dive, you're like you're watching our man for like ten minutes. They had one where this boy was pretending to be autistic for to get a, a, a million followers on TikTok. But like people do that. Yep. And then they yep. and they change the Throw narrative to you know yep. yeah, like but not just with Tourette's, but like they change the narrative of everything. And so then and then when you're getting the same kind of media that looks a little bit different, you're like, oh my God, you know, and you, 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 you believe the wrong truth. Yeah. And, and you take that and you consume it and then you, you, you keep, you keep clicking, you keep watching, you keep doing a deep dive and all you're doing is paying into their ultimate goal, which is money. All of that translates to money for them. The time that we are giving to, and I'm not saying that the media is all bad. That is not what this episode is about. <laughs> the episode the is good. about paying attention to how the media is affecting us. Like we said, there was those six different um, ways. There's the cognition aspect. There's belief, attitude, affect, physiology, and behavior. Now, let me just use a specific example um, from it. If we talk about something, uh, Buffalo, okay, mm -hmm. the shooter from Buffalo, right? Wherever he was focused on in his own media, which, like I said, the media is any place, social media is media. He was having this, this, this understanding about what life is. His beliefs were shaped by the places that he went, the media that he consumed. And trust me, there is media for every type and mostly every belief. There is a whole right-wing sector that is not published or not really out there. They have their own networks. They have this own thing that they spew things that are inaccurate and untrue, but it fits a narrative and it it's there for the consumption of the people who are literally paying attention or buying it. And correct me if I'm wrong, doesn't like Facebook show you the same kind of ads all yeah. the time? Yeah. So like once you click one thing, you know, it that's how that that's how people get indoctrinated so fast. They even have cults on YouTube because people get stuck in 
um, that kind of deep dive. Again, I'm going to say two things. One, it's called Meta. Oh, I'm so sorry. I forgot. Please, let's get that right. And second, um, YouTube, again, I still think this, full of incels, the content creators, not all of them, but boy, I don't know what I'm clicking on. <laughs> but there are a lot of angry men who hate things. <laughs> hate things especially if it's created by a woman or woman adjacent it doesn't matter they're just like it's terrible you didn't watch a, it or a man with feelings they're like oh fuck this oh yeah like you you're you're empathetic yeah you, i hate this, this what do they call incorrect. it uh, what is it called is it um when you are you're a uh, simping simping yes uh, you're a simp ah uh, yes go youtube <laughs> um so physiology he may have had some, you know, responses to it, but it's really the behavior, the actions he's take he took because of the information that he may have received. Now, yes, that is an extreme example, but you can see how this plays out a lot. Often and often, the information that we get and also like they and I hate that we're always talking about how if they went out and their behavior was to do a mass shooting, because we started with mass shootings, the first thing we say is <laughs> they were searching the, the, dark, the dark web or the, the dark corners of the Internet. Newsflash, there's a lot of fucking dark corners on the Internet. It's not a dark corner. It's your fucking Facebook page. It's yo, your wall. Yo. Not, you don't have to get that dark. You are probably passing by dark spots, dark corners, shade, whatever you want to look at. In your everyday searches, period. So we can't say. It's also about how you can decipher information, information that you can see. The thing is, people are just looking at things that help to create and reshape their beliefs. Especially if you're someone who reads the comments. Oh, you're, shit, the yo, comments. You're in the dark web because you're oh, always going to. the comments. Because you're, you're always, especially when you start getting into like one narrative in the comments, especially you'll be like reading different opinions, some that you may not like, some that, you know, you might, you know, project your own feelings on, some that you'll agree with. And you're like, okay, but then you find the shit that you like. And then you read in the comments, the comments, comments. Mm -hmm. You know, all the different replies. That is when you have found your like deep dark corner because now you're going to move in the world with that information because you're like, I agree. All these people are saying it. So you feel like it's right because you read it. Yep. People are agreeing and they're talking about how these are the things. And then that reshapes your belief and that affects your behavior. Are trolls the deep web? Yo, I was also going to say <laughs> the comment section also is there are little people who create many many accounts just to go in the comment section and raise hell now, i don't know if i that's... know i know people do that erica mana got caught doing that last year oh. she made a fake page no no she got caught okay it was a real thing they already caught her so erica mana had a fake page and she was commenting on sin santana's photo like saying that she was ugly as other shit um and because she used to date sin santana and then she forgot what she did with this fake page and turned the name into a page for her son. And Ooh. so all the comments, but the, the comments are still there, but the name changes. Oh, I got so you. So people figured it out. Like, oh, it was you because you. <laughs> like you hating ass bitch. Kevin Durant also got caught doing that um, a couple not, of years ago. I'm not surprised. Well, I mean, you know, some people. After watching um, that basketball 
lineup pick where he didn't pick James Harden and he didn't want to say anything about it, I was like, that's a messy bitch. Well, hold on. I also think, though, that it was everybody was, was, was waiting for Kevin Durant to be messy there. But it was also the same day where there was turmoil within his team and he was demanding this trade in a way to get himself out of Brooklyn, which turned out this season to be a better move because Brooklyn just didn't. You know, then they had the whole Kyrie drama. But I'm sorry, we're, we're getting off. We know this because of the media, by the way. I'm just saying. So bringing it back to um, the media and how it influences us in these six different categories. I'm going to we're going to play a little game, right? Oh, God. And I'm going to talk about I'm going to name a subject and you tell me just off the cuff your feelings about that subject. You ready? Okay. So we're going to see how the media has influenced us in, in certain ways. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. I feel like I'm always the loser in these games. No, there's no no winners, no losers. Okay. Corn. I want to say that I think about, um, oh, fuck. Now, maybe like. Corn. Sounds like Pocahontas. I feel real racist or prejudice for saying that. I just think Thanksgiving. Okay. Mexican street corn. I think Pocahontas because she's Native American in Pilgrims. Have you ever seen in movies, TV shows? I, oh, Smallville with the fucking corn stock and they were hanging up the people in the corn stalks. Oh, that was my timer for whatever reason. It was going off. But I stopped it. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, that's what I think So about. the corn stalks. And, yeah. you know, corn is this vegetable. It's part of your dinner and it's like the vegetables portion of most dinners corn has no nutritional value corn is filler allegedly just in case (laughs) i want the big corn to come after me (laughs) it's a wrap after that no nutritional value it's typically used for filler that's why they say corn feed it's always in this but the way we have seen it and growing up yo there's so many good Yo, squirrels. Squirrels are fucking rats with better PR. Well, if you've seen a Rick and Morty episode about squirrels, that, that actually I got to show you if you, you know, haven't seen it. But, but it's just like they're all rats, gerbils, hamsters, rats with great PR because they're in the house. Yeah, they are in the house and they're, ex- well, for living the most life, part. Living for, life uh, in the crib. You know, milk. Most people, right, cannot digest milk because every animal can drink milk made by its mother. So it's a mutation to be able to drink milk. And mostly white people can digest milk because of, you know, like Vikings and all that other shit. You can look it up. But the way that milk has been pushed into our diets when most people are lactose intolerant, the way like dairy made a killing, you know. So that's another thing. That Good PR. It's, it's one of those things from the media where like, wow, you, you do this. Another thing. You ready? Daylight savings. That's all the media. How the fuck do they change time like that? I'm, I'm gonna go Only little, tw- twice a year. I'm going to go a little spicy. You ready? Sorry. Right family. Now. I'm going to say Smallville again. Oh, it's I'm a family unit. Family unit. There's usually two parents, uh, either one complicated kid or like two, three different level complicated kids. How many... Family models. And then maybe they have, have a grandparent. Same sex uh, parents. How many? Just. I literally can only think of modern family. How many have. Oh, that's a good one, modern family. But there's always. How many of them are just a family with no kids? And wait, and they don't want kids or just they don't yeah. have. 
They don't want that, kids. Or they, they can't have kids or they no, don't. No, no. But um, it's different. A family that can't have kids is a childless family not by choice. And people are like, I understand that you're trying. A family with no kids where it's just them because they didn't want still kids. Still a family. No, no. I'm, no, it's still a family, but it's not seen as the same thing. It's like, why would you choose not to have kids? It's what you're supposed to do. Like, you're being selfish. So it's two different things. The family that's trying is closer to nuclear, even than a, a single parent household. Keep it real with y'all. Uh, it's selfish to bring in kids that you can't support or do not really plan to love or care for. To have kids because it's an obligation may not be the best thing to do. But you're also talking to somebody who don't have kids, so. No, you shouldn't have. Have kids because there's a desire. Yes, have kids because you want them, not because you feel obliged to. But I do think in the media, it's like shown that you're supposed to want to have kids, that you're supposed to want to be married because some people don't even like being married. You know, like that's just not a thing for them. And but it seemed like that these are the ultimate goals in society. Since we're talking about family, I'm gonna give one more. One last one. Okay. Breakfast. Breakfast time is breakfast time. Feed your body, feed your mind. Keep going all day long. Keep your body nice and strong. Then it's like chicken and blueberries, cereal and milk. Cereal and milk. It used to come out after Discovery Kids. Oh. With Linda. It was Discovery Kids like cable? TV or it was on Noggin when well, Noggin the, when Noggin know, was o- when Noggin was only a portion of Nickelodeon. They literally at six a.m. they stopped showing cartoons and they showed um, Discovery Kids news with Linda. Shout out to Linda, and then they would show after and then at six thirty they would show the breakfast time commercial. Yeah, and that was it. And then you know you had to be eating your cereal and milk. What about when you watch the TV shows? And the parents or the mom typically makes this fucking buffet of breakfast. You're like, who the fuck eats breakfast like what that? What time does she wake up? No idea. Does she sleep? Then the kids come down and they don't even eat the shit. No, it's like toaster strudel. They have, or they have like a piece of toast. But think about... If your kids only had a piece of toast and you made all that fucking food, yeah. you would just make toast. Yeah. Yeah. If that... What time is she waking up to do that? Make How your many own parents toast, were actually doing that? And then it'd be like milk and orange juice and like... Why do we need both? Like, what, what, what is this? What is happening here? This seems like a waste. It is a waste. And it's just, who sits down? Like, if you know your kids are getting up 15 minutes before school, why would you even do that to yourself? Makes no sense. Yeah, but also, if, you know, if you're making that buffet of food, you better wake their ass up an hour before and be like, yo, you eating this shit. Like, I woke up at... Three in the morning to start this shit. You gonna eat this shit? And they always make it seem like it's from scratch. Like that's never happening. Nah, that, all that shit is ego. Like, well, then in that case, ego and carton, you, carton you, eggs. You could put um, pancakes. They have ego pancakes and waffles that go into the toaster. So that sets all that. Oh up. yeah, that's true. Maybe that's what they do. Maybe They're like yeah. Maybe that's the secret. When they don't eat it, they just put it back put in it the back. fridge. <laughs> you just reheat that. You finna say this tomorrow. Listen, you finna yo, have this food. Look. I don't. I, I always grew up with like who who eats like but that. But why did they just leave the whole breakfast? What was the point of that? But literally, my mom would be like, "You need to get to school early because yeah. I would eat school breakfast." Like, but then you also then start to think, "Why the fuck am I not eating like that? Like, what the shit? <laughs> yeah. Why? The, what why the is my mother not making me pancakes, waffles, cereal, orange understand. juice, and milk with strawberries on top? I don't understand. Why were there like, strawberries in the pancakes with my butter milk and, and syrup. orange juice at the same time? I don't understand. Filled to the brim, not in the kids' cup. Yes, to the <laughs> top. 
Ugh. And my lunch packed. Um. All right. So I think we should wrap this up because we got to get to my favorite segment. Okay. So uh, without further ado, let me introduce Naughty and the Teach Recommends. All right, Dodie, what do you have for the listeners today? My recommend is the movie Music and Lyrics, and in particular, the song um, Find a Way Back into Love. You can look it up online. It's by Hugh Grant and Haley Haley Bennett. That's the final version, and then there's the other version that is Hugh Grant and Drew Barrymore. I love that song, and if you're on Hinge, um, if you listen to the song, then you'll know it's me and my profile because I used it on my profile. Oh, yeah. That's the hint. That's the hint. That's the, you know, motivation to watch it. So you know if anybody finds you on Hinge, they're now going to be like, yo, that's naughty. I know where it's from. That's yeah. naughty. That's- I'm a fan. And then it would be like, show me the receipt. Show me that you're listening. Good point. Good point. Um. Hmm. I don't really have a recommend this week. Um, it's been a week, and I'm just starting to, you know, get my legs back under me. So I haven't really been doing much of anything except for trying to um, work on my shit. So I guess my recommendation this week is to make space for yourself when necessary and, you know, go from there. And even when it's not, make yes. space for Make yourself. space for yourself, period. But especially when it's necessary, make extra space um anything else before we wrap up this show i think that's it you can follow us at naughty and the teach at naughty flower n-a-u-g-h-t-y-f-l-o-w-e-r and at teach nyc um, oh sorry the teach at the teach nyc all on instagram in Each of our bios is the link um, to find us on any streaming app that you you want to listen on. Uh, I do want to say one thing. So we're starting to work on our merch game. If you're in New York City, you're going to see some, you know, stickers, maybe some magnets all around NYC. If you happen to run into any of them, take a picture, send it to us. Tell us where you found it at. Tell us where you located it. Tell us your thoughts. Tell us your feelings. We always want to hear from you. Thank you for those of us who have been, uh, sorry, for those of you who have been engaging with us. We greatly appreciate it. Yes. All right. Yes. That's it. Thank All you. Right. See you next we week. We will see you next time.